Move over, Bananas. The real Captain Save a Show is here, and his name is Danny Kiki's husband, McCray. Plus, Wes miscalculates Casey speaks up. Kellyanne and Jody are maybe out of the firing line for now. Grant doesn't give a flying you-know-what about Jordan and Tori's past. Same as Sarah and Emily really don't give a flying you-know-what about Jordan and Tori's past. A stalemate is reached, and Kiki and Darrell earn a win that forces them out of the shadows and right into the decision-making spotlight. It's the Challenge World Championships Episode 5 recap coming up right now. What up, my fellow challenge lovers? Welcome to the Challenge Historian, where we dive deep into all things MTV's The Challenge, past, present, or future. If it's happening in the Challenge universe, then we are here to document it. I am your host and dedicated Challenge Historian, Jacob Hollaball. Thank you so very, very much for joining me here today on this Wednesday, a touch later than expected. I don't know about you, but the episode on Paramount Plus showed up a little later for me today. It was, uh, you know, I got up nice and early. The last few weeks, it's been up. I don't know exactly what time it has been posted in my time zone, but definitely earlier in today, I got up at like 6 a.m., like ready to go. Let's get this in before the full workday is started. Get the episode out quick, but no, it was not there. It was not there at 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock, and then it was there at 10 a.m. I'm on Central Time, so message me if you know somehow when these are supposed to be released specific time or if yours was released later or earlier than that in your time code hit me up at Challenge Historian on Instagram, fill me in. But it wasn't there as early as I expected, which meant the real regular work day started and we had to get through a majority of that before we could watch the episode post this podcast episode. So sorry for the little bit of a delay. We will adjust the schedule for future weeks. If we go with 10 a.m. is the time I'm going to get to watch, we'll plan around that. As for programming notes, before we dive into what was a wonderful episode, a lovely episode, had a lot of fun with this episode, so much to talk about. Only programming reminders are Saturdays, Survivor Saturdays with Paige over on Most Likely 2. We were slightly delayed to Sunday last week because of some shared illness between the two of us, but we should be back on schedule this week for Survivor Saturdays with Paige on Most Likely 2. And then the only thing going on here still for the foreseeable future is the recaps of the World Championships, which will be again out on Wednesday afternoon to evening, pending when I get to watch the episode, just like the one you're listening to right now. Thanks so much, as always, for being here. I love each and every one of you. Shout out to you for being amazing. Now, without further ado, let's get into episode five storylines first, of course, and there's a lot of them, and then we'll do some awards, some predictions, and some big predictions for this episode because we leave on quite the cliffhanger. So let's get into it. The opening storyline, the whole thing rolls together in this episode. We're really just going to do a full-blown alliance check-in and kind of go group by group and discuss where they're at and what happened with them this episode. So before we do, the only other thing we really got to cover, we'll just do up front, is the daily challenge itself, which... First and foremost, on the Daily Challenge, I can't believe this is the first thing that I'm uh, mentioning on this entire podcast, but here we are. I'm doing it. TJ, um, quote, your next event, end quote, your next event. What is an event, TJ? did Did someone tell you to say that? Are we trying to rebrand here? 
Don't be renaming things. He then went on to use the word challenge again at some point in the explanation of what they were going to do. But when he said, uh, your next event is, and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This, these are daily challenges. I know they happen every fourth day, no longer. It's been years and years and years, decades since it's been daily challenges. But that's still what they're called. Let's keep things the same. Don't be renaming stuff for no reason, please. And thank you. Speaking of correct words. I need to make a correction myself before I even dive into this daily challenge. Thanks to Jessica, listener Jessica, for hitting me up and setting me straight. I previously, in I believe it was the first or second episode recap, and then I referenced it multiple times within the episode three and four recaps, I had previously been confused by thinking that Tori said if Wester Jordan got her or Casey as, and I was taking that as like as partners, that it was a wrap, and I was wondering what when does she think they're going to be partners? What is she thinking? This seems like very silly strategy. It seems overconfident. All this stuff. I had a lot of questions when, in fact, she didn't say God. She said when if either of them cross her or Casey, meaning, you know, if those two who are our biggest allies betray us, then it's a wrap both for them and for them, both sides of that equation. That makes way more sense. Sometimes I'm a dumb dumb with bad hearing. That was the case on this one. So thank you to Jessica for pointing that out. And my apologies to Tori for being super confused by something that was a not confusing statement and because it was not what you actually said. So there's that correction made back to the daily challenge. It was super cool. It was super cool. It looked super fun. I loved everything about it. We obviously had seen this one in the trailer a bunch. And it was actually, uh, it really lived up to it. I thought it was super cool. I love the design. I like the drink to get, you know, possible penalty before doing the thing. The only single thing I didn't love about the execution of it is just the final round after they've shown us clearly how every other group has done and they show us the results after all three heats and then the fourth heat they show us or the third heat, I guess, as it was, there's three total heats. We don't really get to see how anyone does. And then they don't show the scores. And that's all to build the drama. Then of when TJ actually says the results We're thinking like, Oh man, Amber and Troy got that huge penalty. Did they like do well enough to escape that? And it's all a bit of false drama. Cause clearly Amber and Troy crushed it. Cause they're not even in the bottom two at the end, which means they made at least 10 of the rings to pass where Sarah and Ben or Sarah, excuse me, Ben and Casey were. So shout out to the two of them for absolutely crushing it. But yeah, so that was the only part I didn't like, but there's no other way to do it. That's just kind of like, it's either going to be a little bit of suspense or you're going to get to see it all the way through. Um, either way you're gaining a little, you're losing a little, Overall, loved it. Would love to try it. It looks super fun. And yeah, I just thought visually it was compelling. The whole thing. Wes's decision obviously is the big, big talking point here for the daily challenge. I was surprised um, that he did this. I was also very surprised. Like, if you tell me, like, hey, the strategy is going to be we just say, fuck it, we'll take the penalty. We don't need to try to drink the stuff. Then I would think you would make that decision before you've even taken a sip. You wouldn't even, they would try to hand you it and you'd be like, you can just set that on the ground because I ain't touching it. Nope, not going to happen. Instead, they take the one sip, two sips, and they're like, you know what? Nah, never mind. And that part, it just, it doesn't make sense. Just freaking drink it. And mostly, for, there's a couple reasons. It's very confusing that Zwest doing this, not because like him trying to outsmart the game or whatever. Like, sure, he'll, he'll try to do that. Absolutely. But he's historically, Perfectly good to very good at the eating parts. You know, back on All-Stars 3, he demolished the eating portion of the final um, on his way to a championship. He doesn't really have a problem with this, so I would think he'd be okay doing it. And 
don't you want to see your partner do this? Your new partner who you've never played with, who you don't even know. I don't even remember on Challenge UK if they had to eat at any point. I think they did a time or two. I think they maybe were they the ones that opened the season? I don't know. There were so many of those seasons so many, so quickly. But either way, don't you want to see if your partner can do it? Don't you want to get a little practice run of your partner having to do it? So it, it made no sense to me at all. And, you know, maybe they would have not finished them anyways. Maybe they would have thrown up. Maybe it would have been worse. But if they finish them, then ultimately they would have tied with Casey and Ben for last, even though they still, you know, Wes and Zara still then sucked ass at the actual game. They still did the worst of anyone, plus the, the you know, the penalty. So a horrible, horrible day from Wes and Zara and a pretty bad decision from him. Thoughts on overall how others did? Ben and Casey, Grant John A, Tristan Kellyanne, Zara and Wes, and Tori and Danny. I think Tori and Danny. We don't we get Tori asking Danny, did you make any? We again they were in that group we didn't see. So I apologize to Tori and Danny if your inclusion in this group of teams that completely sucked and shit the bed is undeserved and you actually did perfectly fine and made five or six. I don't know. Um, but those five teams seem to have done the worst. Uh, most four of the five we know for sure did the worst and were pretty bad. And those are some of the teams I thought were the strongest overall. And so it was a bit shocking and definitely is going to change what I think of the power rankings at the end of this podcast. On the flip side, Bananas and Justine, Theo and Sarah, Darrell and Kiki, and Troy and Amber all freaking crush this. Especially, again, we don't know the number Troy and Amber got, but we know it's at least 10 because they were at minus 7. They got past Ben and Casey at two. So that means they got at least 10 to get to a total of three points, but maybe it's more because 10, 10 makes puts them tied for second is or tied for third. As far as total makes goes behind Darrell and Kiki bananas and Justine. So those four teams really showing out. And then the other one that's sneaking in there, the one I've been having my eye on, I've said is the sneaky team all along and continues to be sneaking. That's yes. And Emily, they do quite well. I think they had seven or eight, maybe if without looking back at my notes. So, I like where they're sitting more on them later, but that's kind of a breakdown of who did what in the daily challenge. It was great. It was fun, but it ultimately is, I mean, it's consequential because Wes and Zara are in the elimination, but otherwise to the episode, it's not what we're here to talk about. Let's get into the alliances, to the drama, to the stalemate. Going into this episode in the first moments it opens, we're like, okay, there's only the one Argentinian team left. Now things are going to have to get interesting. There could still be easy votes. We see Wes and Jordan talking like, hey, if neither of them lose and one of us wins, then yes, we still have that easy vote. But we need to start thinking the next stage, the next steps of the game. And obviously throughout the episode, it all unfolds. The alliances start to shift. People have to choose sides, teams that are torn in half as far as where they want to stand, who they want to align with, have to pick a side, pick who has the power in the relationship, pick which team alliance they want to go with and a lot happens so going into the episode or at the beginning of the episode here's kind of where i feel like everyone stands there's the group that is kind of the legends alliance which is bananas casey tori jordan and kaz wes and zara and you'll notice as i go through these some of these are full pairs some of them are individuals because some of the pairs are a little bit split then you've got the aussies which is grant john a troy and amber Emily and yes, those three with their partners are all six people secured for sure working together. Then you got the USA group, Danny, Sarah, and Theo. I think Theo is somewhat on board to be with Sarah, but he's kind of playing the middle. More on that later. And Justine, the two that I think then have a decision to make. One of them is Ben, 
which has a big decision, and he makes a decision in this episode. More on that in a minute. And then Theo was the other one I actually had here. I had him in twice because I was a little confused by certain actions their team take. More on that in a second. But uh, he's kind of in the middle, too, of like, I like the Legends. I'm friends with them, but I want to work with my partner who's on the USA thing. So are we playing in the middle? What are we doing? And then there's the three teams that are totally floating, which I think is Kiki and Darrell, Kellyanne and Tristan, Benheim, Jody. Kiki and Darrell are part of Aussies, but know that they're not really a part of the Aussie alliance when it's going to come down to it, but maybe they should be for a little bit longer. And that's where things start, and then things devolve from there. Let's go group by group and discuss kind of what happens, what the what the situation is with each one, starting with the Legends group. So we know Jordan and Wes are down to work the whole thing together. Again, we set, we start the episode with the two of them, you know, talking who's who's the new team that we have to vote for if one of them were to lose, and we can't just do the same two names. Maybe we can get through another round or two, same two names. We'll see. I don't totally get why these two are so chill to work together to be each other's like best bud within the game. I think they'd both probably be ready to snake the other one and that down the road, maybe they think that's the smarter path coming in of like, let's work very tightly with this other person. And then when I have to stab him in the back, go for it versus openly being against each other the way Wes kind of was, because they both know if we go against each other, it's like a full flown blown thing of like, if Wes says anything about like Jordan's the number one guy and everyone in the house should be worried about, that will be the case. If Jordan says Wes is, that will be the case. And they don't need either of that happening. Maybe it's also has something to do with, you know, Wes kind of was openly against Jordan on All-Stars 3, and maybe the fact that by winning it, Wes chilled out a little, like, hey, if I had to face him head-to-head and lost to him in a final, it's fine. I already won that last season. He was on there. I was part of the reason he got out, and I went on to win, and so he's more content. I don't know. It's a it's an odd relationship, and it's kind of odd seeing Jordan, Bananas, and Wes, all three, like, so in lockstep with each other. It's very interesting. It's very fun because they have actual competition working against them that we're going to get to, but uh, it is it does feel a little weird, right? They The only last thing on Jordan and Wes, they kind of both act like their partners don't exist. Jordan a little bit more so, so far in the confessionals and things when she's literally sitting right next to him than Wes, who acknowledges, like, I'm thankful to have an amazing partner who is one of the best I've ever had, and that also lets me do everything, and that's the the best-case scenario for me. So he's, like, more acknowledging of the situation. Jordan kind of just constantly refers to, like, it's just him (laughs) and it's his team. Um, And so, I don't know, Kaz is a pretty amazing partner, and there's other routes to go if you wanted to use her relationships, but um, we shall see if that changes at all. Then within the Legends, we also have Bananas and Casey, who seem to be close now. I guess when... You know, Casey has no one else to turn to. None of her other usual buddies there. You spent all last season with Bananas as your de facto number one because he's partnered with Nani, who is your real life actual number one. It makes sense that these two would then kind of glom to each other. Bananas is also then takes that a step further by being the one who clearly is like, I need to ingratiate Ben into this. I can't just trust that Casey can convince Ben on her own or because of her own relationships that he should jump ship over here with us. I need to show him that like, this is how good we are, that Casey is a part of this group that, you know, I'm coming over talking to you too. So we get conversations between all of them. Then we move to the USA group. The most interesting group, I'd say. They're all interesting at this point. This whole thing is interesting. It's fascinating. I love it. By the way, the fact that we don't get to the elimination, that we again get an episode with all house time, 
this this is the type of juicy strategy. There's actual people playing the game, making decisions for themselves. It's all great. We're about to talk about a few of those individuals here because we'll talk the USA crew. Justine, she's a bit torn. She wants to rock with Sarah and Danny, who both want to be USA strong, plus the Aussies. Keep control versus the legends, but she is attached to bananas. So she's a little in the middle, but I think if she's able to have her say on her team, she's still Team USA. It's just hard to, to overcome the bananas of it all. Danny and Grant are linked up. Sarah and Emily are linked up. Bring that USA Aussie link to fruition that we'll touch on more when we get to the Aussie group. Ben is the wild card in this group. They don't trust him because of the stuff that happened on Challenge USA that he claims doesn't matter anymore. I don't think he uses the word overblown, but he kind of insinuates like it was maybe overblown then anyways. Like I didn't really actually do anything wrong or whatever. Um, him and Bananas have that hilarious like, yeah, we've never wronged anyone. Like only when they do something to us, do we do something to them? Like we're super loyal. And I don't know Ben's survivor career well enough to comment on his, but the Bananas side of like, yeah, you like to say that, but it, you know, it it's kind of, there's some truth to parts of it, but there's there's not truth to parts of it, too. We don't got to get into that right now. At least from what we see in the flashbacks during this, the deliberation, Ben straight up lies to Danny's face in the one-on-one -on -one conversation. He, before that, we also see, you know, we see Ben and Casey right after the stalemate actually vote say he's quote-unquote sick of it, but I'm not sure what it is. I don't get a reference to like, what is it? What are you sick of? Is it them not trusting you because you've proven to be untrustworthy before and now here in this very moment. So I just, I, I don't know what the it is. I would, I would love a little further explanation on his part on what it that he is sick of is. Um, he lies to Danny's face straight up, whether that's because he wants to, whether that's the decision he wants, whether he's just purely giving into his partner and Casey and her wishes and her alliances and her relationships, I do not know. But it makes no sense to me because I think Casey is a susceptible partner to let him take the lead and his relationships take precedent of any of these folks that are trying to kind of go at this group of legends. I feel like he has the one of the better situations to be like, hey, like, do you, are you really that tight with all with those people? Are you sure? Like, we could be over here where I know we're sure we're tight with this group, and like we can be a good team. We can be up in this alliance. I it just Ben's decision makes no sense. I would have thought maybe he did, and maybe we don't see it again. We don't know what the it that he is sick of is. More explanation is possibly needed, but I didn't understand his decision. Also, though, then hidden in Team USA. We're getting to the best part here. But before we get to the Danny of it all, the Captain Save a Show, the true Captain Save a Show of it all, um, real quick, hidden throughout all of this, this whole episode, Sarah and Theo don't vote for Jordan and Kaz. Um, the leader of, you know, Sarah and Danny are kind of de facto, and Grant, I would say, are, you know, kind of pulling the strings here of making these decisions. And uh, Theo and Sarah vote for Troy and Amber, over Jordan and Kaz. And maybe we'll eventually get an explanation for that. Maybe not. I don't know. But uh, Sarah, put your money where your mouth is. Because uh, guess whose mouth is right where I'm not going to land the plane on whatever I was just trying to say with this, story, this saying. But Danny is putting his actions where his words are. That's for sure. Because Danny, as Grant says in this episode, is doing some legendary shit. He... I am so glad he's here. I am so glad he wants to play his own game. I'm so glad he smartly knows he would be on the bottom when it comes down to him, Bananas, Wes, Jordan, probably even Ben if Casey as a part of that 
that uh, the, the Legends Alliance might supersede Tory's place maybe within that with a Bananas and Wes, not obviously so much a Jordan. He's looking at it like, I don't want to be a uh, the bottom player in that alliance with your relationships. We could be the top player, the leaders of this alliance over here that's just as big or bigger if you're willing to come to my side of things. So, you know, he's he's got an argument here. His argument is as good or better than his partners and Tories. And again, it does still feel like a little too much, and it makes total sense of him being like, you know, it feels like you care about more about that other team winning than it does us. And I will say for the final time, I'll try not to reference it too many more times. Again, I just said the final and then too many more. I'm already walking it back three words after I say the final time. But he called you a terrorist on national television. That was that was a lot. I don't know. It was a lot to me. It was a lot to me. As someone who liked both people, it was, it was a big moment. And uh, I haven't forgotten about it or stopped thinking about it. It was crazy. And now she's kind of putting his game above theirs. And I get everywhere that Danny's coming from. And everything he's doing here is making this so compelling and so fun. And I'm on his side. And it's not just because I love the guy. And he's been my favorite to root for on his other seasons of other shows. And now this season. It's because I actually think he's making the right decisions. They're harder decisions. They're pot, There's higher risk risk decisions because they're putting a target on his back as kind of the de facto leader of this other side of the house versus just falling in line and waiting your turn to be bottom of the totem pole like everyone else does often with a bananas or a Wes or an even Tori and Casey in their vacation alliance in recent seasons. So this is all great. And also final thing, it might be brilliant because even if they end up always arguing, even if they, you know, in this instance, they their vote because Danny, you know, burns the two votes to keep it tied, hurts the Legends Alliance. Maybe they, in the end of the day, if a Jordan, if a Bananas, if a Wes is in power, a Casey's in power, they're like, we still can't, like, do that to Tory, so, like, they're safe. And then the same thing on the other side, if everyone's like, yo, Danny did, like, stand up for us, like, he's the last one we're going to dick over in our own alliance if we have to end up putting someone in or doing something against each other. Maybe they end up being safe from both sides while they bicker with each other the whole season long. Maybe it could be brilliant. Or it could be paying a big target. But either way, it's compelling, it's entertaining, it's legendary, and I love it. On to the floaters. We'll get it a little quicker through this group. Kellyanne and Tristan, they decide via their vote to go with the Legends for the first vote. And mostly because it isn't them, and it's because people who voted for them. And But they still feel very much up for the taking. We know that because Kellyanne and Jody had multiple conversations about where should we fit in now. That the pressure isn't exactly on us. We can be swing votes. Jody and Benha on this occasion go the other way. They ride with the USA Aussie plan of saying Kaz and Jordan. So did Kellyanne and Jody decide to split their votes? Did they just make independent decisions that went different ways? It's interesting that the two floaters who are having conversations end up on two different sides of this. Another area where there's so many places where this vote could have been a little different. Namely, again, Sarah and Theo. What, what, what the, how is Sarah going to get off, going to get off the hook for not voting for Kaz and Jordan after all this and being then Kaz and Jordan are in anyways, on to the Aussies final group here, Grant and Emily, they feel super safe. They mostly want Troy to be a part of feeling super safe kind of, but it's mostly a Grant and Emily kind of thing. Grant's got Danny. Emily's got Sarah. They've got a nice little four person, four team alliance. If all of their partners are willing to get on board, but they also talk a lot of shit behind queen Kiki's back and she knows it. More on Kiki momentarily. Troy and Amber, quick note. I adore both of them, as listeners know. 
I'm very worried after this episode because Amber mentions being sick during the daily challenge, not the throwing up there that she's been sick throughout the week. We also know that Amber is currently pregnant and announced that pregnancy at some point, I'm guessing not that long after they were filming this season. And it makes me worry. Did it happen again? Is she and Troy going to have to leave the game because she's pregnant and they allowed a pregnant woman to compete on the show for like the fifth time in like six seasons or something wild like that? Please say that it isn't so. Please, please let it, you know, the procreation to have happened immediately upon return home and Chauncey getting to see his lovely partner for the first time in a long time. And that's that's when the baby was made and not before she went on the show to find out during the, the filming of the show because we've seen that Far too many times. We shouldn't have ever seen it, uh, you know, at all, but we've seen it a lot of times, and I really hope that's not what's about to happen. And it also feels like, though, on a separate note, an actual game note, that maybe Troy and Amber don't have anyone really looking out for them and that they might be the true floaters in all of this because, yeah, they're kind of Team Aussie, but kind of not, and kind of have some others in their corner, but kind of not. Amber's got friends for once. Everyone's being nice, and it's not like anyone's hating on her, and that's a big step forward and a deserved step forward because she's a wonderful person who I've never understood the hate for, but it doesn't feel like there's solid alliances there, but I love them so much. Please don't let them be the two that end up in elimination next week and going home. Please, 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 please. On to Kiki, the icon. What, what What a star. Kiki, knows that she's not actually all that in with Grant and Emily. She's a lot smarter than that. And they're, I guess, acting like, yeah, we can just look past the part where everyone hated each other on our previous season and we don't talk to each other outside the season and everything's just going to be cool. I guess Grant and Emily think so. Kiki understands that, no, that's not the actual case. She you know, has a quote early on, if 80% of the strategy talk doesn't involve me, then it's likely about me. Perceptive woman here. I also love that she gives the reminder of, you know, it sometimes seems like Emily and Grant forget that it was Troy and me that won our season and actually deserved to be here. Love, 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 love. She hates a messy house. I hate a messy house. It seems like Kiki and Ben could set up some sort of cleaning schedule together. It's not, you know, it's unfair that they would have to do it for everyone, but it seems like there's at least a partner in wanting to keep the place clean. They could maybe join efforts on that, or Ben could teach her his, here's where you keep the clean stuff ways. She's got the perfect partner to keep her you know, patient and control what they can control and just stay in the moment. And Darrell and her, what a great pairing it is. They kick ass, they gain control, and now we're left with the huge question of what will they do? Because we get the stalemate vote. Some of the votes, as we've covered, didn't make sense, but we end up at a stalemate. I forgot to mention, I don't know the rules when, when Tori and Danny disagree and do both individuals get a vote ultimately if they disagree or is it just Danny said it out loud first so that's what goes Tori can't do anything about it I, I I don't know the rules as usual on the challenge I don't know the rules and I want to know the rules but we get the stalemate I personally think when they got to the arena I was hoping it was going to be the losers get to, uh, Wes and Zara get to call out whoever they want either way I like it I enjoy the stalemate, I really enjoyed then putting the decision on one team, but I, I personally find it the most fun when the loser gets to call someone out in this scenario, so I, I was kind of looking forward to that. But for the actual compelling nature of the game, it's much more compelling and much more interesting to actually think of who are Kiki and Darrell going to throw throw in because if Wes and Zara got to pick, I think they just pretty quickly are like, all right, Jody and Ben Hoth, like, sorry, sorry, guys. You've been in here. You're not really tied to anyone. Jody, like, we go way back, but also, like, we don't go way back, you know, that kind of thing. So it's way more compelling with Kiki and Darrell picking and... 
who are they going to pick? I feel like their options are Emily and Yes for revenge, full split um, from the Aussies. They could pick Grant and A to split from the Aussies and use the excuse that they've done the best so far. They could go with Jordan and Kaz and align fully with the Aussies, take that major shot at the Legends. They could completely go the safe route of Kellyanne or Jody. I don't think Darrell wants to do that to Jody. Maybe he's chill with doing that to Kellyanne and Tristan. And it's just like, oh, we're taking a shot at UK. Like, you know, two UK teams down there. That's what we're doing. I don't know. We'll get more to it in the predictions. But for now, that's that's enough for the storylines. Let's move to the awards. To the awards we go, starting with best quote that is definitely getting better and better and better week by week of this show. There was a lot of great commentary and comments and wit throughout this episode. We're going to keep this to three nominees, even though there was a few others that definitely could have gotten in the mix here, starting with Darrell, who said, quote, it's very important for me to represent the koalas and all the kangaroos because I love Australia, man. I grew up on my man, Crocodile Dundee. I'm going to stay under the radar as much as I can. I'm not going to stick my neck out and get me and Kiki cut up in the game too early, end quote. A long one, but uh, who knew? Darrell, big Australia guy, big Crocodile Dundee guy. Every time we find out a little bit more about Darrell, I love him even a little bit more. He's just the best and has been the best for a long time running. Second and third nominee both go to Grant. First one being for, quote, I was sweating like a bricklayer in Baghdad, but Danny's given us his word. He's back in team Australia, end quote. I think that's totally fine to say either way. I found it. Um, I found it to be a great quote, but not as good as Grant's other quote from this episode, which wins the quote of the week, which is quote. I think that bananas dude is going to be very upset because he was trying to conduct that and push it forward and didn't fall into his lap. So hats off to you, Danny. You're an absolute legend, man. And like suck shit, Tori. You didn't get your way, mate. End quote. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. I can say this even as someone who loves Tori and is definitely a big fan of Tori. I know there is a large part of the audience out there who has been waiting for anyone to talk shit to any member of the Vacation Alliance. So I know there was a lot of people out there smiling over this comment, regardless of whether you are a fan of Tori or not. Uh, it, was, it was definitely a good one. Definitely deserving of quote of the week. And by the way, no, I'm not going to try to do accent work during quote of the week. Not going to happen. Sorry. On to best moment. Uh, five nominees here, a few that we haven't discussed yet. One of them, some small, some big. You kind of probably know which one's going to end up winning. But let's talk about them all. First one, uh, Benha, Ben, and yes, among others in their round, their heat of the daily challenge, all in kind of slow-mo doing the punt. Benha kicks it off with punting his glass after finishing his smoothie, and it breaks in half right off of his foot. And then a couple others are throwing it down, looking all cool, whatever. That moment actually did really work for me, the little slow-mo montage of all of them doing it at the same time. So it worked for me. It gets nominated. The second nominee, if we're going just in order, purely chronologically here, is the entire deliberation, but really we can narrow it down to the exchange between Tori and Danny. If your ex-fiance was here, I would help you save her. Danny follows that up with, well, I just really don't know what to do. Then says, you know what, Ben Han, Jody, Kellyanne, and Tristan, Tori, are you serious? That's what you want to do right now? And just the looks they were giving each other, the looks everyone else was getting. Really, the whole deliberation could be nominated. But if we had to do a specific moment of the many great ones during that, another, by the way, which we didn't mention, you know, Bananas and Jordan both having a little bit of hissy fits, you know, Bananas 
doing the for fuck's sake it's just a game guys and it's like it's not just a game to you buddy it's it's life to you and you know that and you're just doing the like oh come on just roll over and go with our side it's okay and him and jordan both did a little of that kind of come on oh you wanted to be in the challenge now you're on the challenge and it's like yeah they are and they're actually challenging you and your status in the game good for them um, third nominee, Wes, realizing he missed getting to be in on slash watch the messy political play. I really enjoyed it. Again, another little small moment, but Wes comes down the stairs with the rest of the four that have been up waiting only to see stalemate come up across their board. They come down. Wes is like, hey, what the hell happened? Basically gets the rundown of like, it was just a huge fucking mess. And he's like, oh, bummer. Like, I wish I wish I would have got to see who like sucked at politics and everything else. You just see it a little in his eye like, oh, man messy shitty politics like that's what i'm here to both be a part of and to watch and manipulate like ah damn i really missed out on this one huh love that fourth one sarah and emily fake uh reenactment of getting engaged in the just uh, again this one who does like historically and still to this day and still moving forward love jordan love tori um had my fill of that storyline in the previous season. And uh, there's certain people in the house that have certainly had their fill, even though they haven't even been around for other parts of it. But Sarah and Emily chief among them of like, huh? Yeah, we're engaged now. Now we, now you can never vote for me. I can never vote for you. And no one can ever vote for either one of us because of the fact that we're together even. And just, yeah, it was, it was funny. It's, it's mean. <laughs> it's a little bit rude. Um, but, uh, I feel like it's pretty funny too. And I definitely enjoyed the moment. Fifth and final one, every joint confessional of Kiki and Darrell. Every time Kiki and Darrell do confessionals together, I enjoyed all of them throughout the episode. They're the best of those though. We got to give it to just the deliberation. Of course it was, it was so much fun. It was so dramatic and I loved every bit of it. And I'm so hopeful that that's the way this season progresses, that it remains messy, that we remain with, for the first time in so long, a very divided house with equal size on both, with a bunch of different little pockets within each kind of two bigger sides that can make things shift at any given moment. One person can make, you know, one decision that impacts everything. So many people's feelings up in the air, so many ties across the board where someone's going to have hurt feelings. Someone's going to be feel betrayed no matter what anyone does. It's so amazing. It's so wonderful. It's so great. And it's all thanks to Danny and Sarah and, and others, really everyone, the team Aussie for sure. Um, John A for certain, a shout out of being, you know, open to like, I'm the, I'm the reigning two-time champ, but I'll work over here with these other folks. Like I never really got along with those, uh, those folks anyways over there. So shout out to all of them for creating this, but certainly to Danny for leading the way, which brings us to the episode MVP, which Sarah comes in fifth, Ben comes in fourth, Darrell comes in third. And then with sincere apologies to the icon that is Kiki, who certainly deserved first place votes. She takes home second because the episode MVP has to go to my guy, Danny, just because we, we just owe him so much as viewers. If he folds in that moment, things might get boring really quickly again, not just in this episode, but maybe then, you know, continued folding from him or others leads to a kind of maybe boring, complacent season. And instead we're getting something amazing. And I've just, we, we got to give it up for the guy for being the leader of the group that's willing to do that. And then, you know, shout out to Kiki, shout out to Darrell and to Ben and Sarah, all providing the entertainment within this episode. Remember at the beginning of the season where I said it was a goal of mine to get these things shorter and shorter. 
while we have at least stayed in the 30 minutes range on the last few, I know this one's already coming nowhere near it and we're kind of trending the wrong way again. So just know if you're out there listening in one of the ones I was hoping for the shorter, the the challenge UK recap style, quick in and outs. I still I still have that in mind. I just doesn't don't doesn't I don't always execute on that plan, but it's still on my mind. It's still something we're gonna try to do. So let's close this one here out with our power rankings and our predictions. Power rankings, huge shakeup this week. Huge shakeup this week. I mean, the team we had number one, Wes and Zara, we see some some inability. We see bad decision making, bad performance, and now they're actively in an elimination at the end of this episode. So we don't know where that could go. So they had to fall. Everything had to get shaken up. Here's the new power rankings from top to bottom. I've got Sarah and Theo number one. They moved from two to one. I just like where they're sitting. I like feel like they have power. They have some alliance without having a big target or being the first to be targeted by the groups they're going against. I think they're really good. I think they, you know, they've proven so far to compete well each and every time. They got to be number one for me. And number two has to be, there he is, Justine and Bananas sliding up there because they also just performing well each time. We've got a couple dailies of data to work with. They perform well together each time. They've got, you know, they're keeping whatever whatever disagreement they have between them and not making it public and willing to make compromises and make decisions together thus far. So they're in second. Emily and Yes go all the way up to third. They're not sneaking anymore. They're there for me. They're in. They're just they're they're gonna be a team that's gonna be really hard to beat at almost anything. They've got such a good mix of abilities and strengths and they you know emily is definitely setting them up to possibly if that if the aussie usa alliance kind of side of things wins the battle of the alliances here then they're in a great position i just like everything about that team czar and west still in fourth if i think they can win the next elimination and still be a major threat in the game tori and danny fifth kaz and jordan six kiki and Darrell seventh moving up john a and grant in eight Amber and Troy in nine, Casey and Ben falling to 10th, Kelly and Tristan, Jody and Benha rounding it out. I still believe while they may be around for the longer haul now, um, I think there's a world where they still, you know, one of them could be in the elimination at the open of next week's episode. They still are needing to pick a side before they can maybe reaffirm their place in the game. And I think Casey and Ben are kind of joining them down there in the bottom along with Amber and Troy because they're either at the bottom of their group alliance or really not even kind of a like false part of their alliance. And then especially with Casey and Ben, we saw like I had big expectations for them competitively and they'd shit the bed in this daily challenge. It's only one, but we'll see. So that's where the power rankings fall. As for predictions, nothing changed, obviously, on the finals pick, winner's pick from this week. No one eliminated. Last week, I said an alliance would be formed. It kind of happened. It, it basically all happened other than Kellyanne and Tristan didn't join. And the main part of it was saying John A and Kellyanne would reconcile, which did not happen. So I got that wrong. I said Emily and Yes would win the daily challenge. They did well, but they did not win. I also said Wes and Zara would win the elimination. No ruling on that until next week, which leads me to my predictions for next week, which I will just keep right here. Wes and Zara win the elimination. I believe they will beat whoever they are put up against. There is some sort of puzzle maybe math related type of puzzle that's mixed with moving a weighted bar around in a workout type of scenario i don't know it looks like it could be a one well suited for them i think they're going to get 
sent in against Jordan and Kaz. I think Jordan and Kaz are going to be the ones sent in. I am as much as I like both Jordan and Wes, as much as I like both Kaz and Zara and don't there's, there's no one on the season. I'm like, yeah, send them home next. So see a great matchup. Like these two big time teams, see the kind of contender side of the alliances win out and get to watch this big battle between two big Alliance members. I want to see it. I'm hoping to see it. I'm predicting that we will, but it is, it's, like most predictions, a little bit more of a hopeful thing. And then I think when we go to the next daily challenge, Bananas and Justine will win because there will be, if I'm right about Jordan and Kaz going in, that means one of Bananas two big allies goes home and adds fuel to the fire of like, we got to win and right this ship a little bit. And I think those two win. And I think that helps lead to things continuing to be chaotic by losing the number, but then gaining the power. Things will progress in a wonderful way for us, the audience. And that's all we're always really ever hoping for. So that's episode number five. It's in the books. Thank you as always for being here. Hit that follow rate, subscribe wherever you may be listening or watching. Shout out to the YouTube folks out there. As always, Challenge Historian on Instagram. If you want to talk challenge, if you want to chop it up, you got questions about the show, you've got opinions about the show or this podcast, any which way you want to talk, hit me up. DMs are open. Or if you've got corrections like my girl Jessica did, uh, set me straight on some shit that I was saying that made no sense at all. Please let me know. Definitely want to know things like that. So thanks for being here. We'll be back next week with episode six coverage. Again, pending when they put the episode out, we'll pend when this podcast episode gets put out. So make sure you're following, then you won't miss it. You'll know right when it drops. Thanks as always. Till we talk again. Peace.